Pickaxe. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello and welcome back to the Review of Death, a Doctor Who podcast, your fortnightly home for Doctor Who news and reviews. I'm Matthew Toffolo. I'm joined as ever by Billy Barrett. Billy Barrett. (laughs) (laughs) I was going so well. Billy Billy Barrett. John. I'm going to keep that in. It's Christmas. Who cares if I've cocked it up? We're pissed by now anyway. Look, we've got our non-alcoholic drinks. That's how drunk we are. Can we open them now? I'm really, I am really quite thirsty and I've been desperately wanting to have a bit. Ah, lovely. Thank you. Ah, Bisto. Right. So, it is Christmas. Yes. Uh, this is the first time you've been back in the studio. If you're watching, yeah. of course, on YouTube. First time you've been back in the studio. I mean, then again, if you're listening to it, it will sound a lot nicer than anything that we've recorded recently. True. Back in the studio. I don't have COVID anymore. Um, hopefully he doesn't have COVID because he might have given it to me again, which would be bad. I don't have COVID, don't worry. Good. I'm a good boy. Good. Have you been sticking stuff up your nose? Sticking to... stuff up my nose. Um, White powder. One doctor did ask me to stick... Something else somewhere else. Right. <laughs> sure it was a doctor. I did leave that surgery quite quickly. Uh, it was around the back of the poundland, which was odd. Interesting. But, um, it, it, we've made it to the end of the year. We've made it. Uh, the setup is slightly different because, as many of you will know, this is the J- Yogscast Jingle Jam room. Mm. Jingle Jam has been going on. People have been using this room to stream from. And we just couldn't be asked to move everything around. No, so you're going to have to deal with the two runners for this episode today. Yeah, it's a bit like old Review of Death it before is we bit. were a podcast. It's when just... we were squeaky clean yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, talking of stuff. Poor old Jerry Davis over here. He's choking to death on a scarf and a on, bit of tinsel. On, on his gold. Gold tinsel. He's um, dying. Speaking of stuff. Yeah. It is the time of giving, Matthew. It is. I just want to get into it. <laughs> Come um, on, man. Mar- I, yeah, I, go on. Well, do do I, your bit. Well, I hope I hope this is something that you don't have. Oh, interesting. Mm. This is what we're. It's a bit small, isn't it? Yeah. Was... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Merry Christmas, Matthew. Can we guess? Let me let me let go me uh, let me have a think. Um, I actually haven't got a clue what this could be. I honestly no don't know either. Right. So let's let's, let's have a look. Crack into it. Yeah, Apologies for the I audio hope... listeners. Oh no, this is good. This is ASMR. People get off on yeah! this. Yeah. Hey, that's sick. That? That's awesome. Thank you very very much. Oh, very nice. Sonic Sport. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Edward Russell. My... Your brand management at the time was exceptional, and we got ourselves a Sonic Sport. I can have uh, my cereal with it. I can have my main meal with it. Mm. Uh, I think I've got soup when I go home, so... Uh, there you go. It, can, only only can... a quarter of it will run through the, uh, yeah. the actual implement. Sounds really good. Thank I did buy that, and I thought, that's a bit of a shithouse present, because it's kind of a piss take. Right. Oh, my God. So I did actually get you a proper one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. So there you go. So now he can feel dreadful that he only got only... one present this year. So next year is going to be amazing. Well, this, this is obviously a book of some description. Now, what's the name of the gent who does these? Uh, Paul, is it? Yes, and I feel really bad oh, because they are so I, cool. uh, I forgot his name and I thought to myself, I must remember his name. It's Badge Wolf. Badge Wolf. These is... are so, so Ooh, cool. What's this? Oh, what's this? 
Oh, wow. Doctor Who exhibition. This is what I thought you would have got me. So I was like, oh, well, I gave it a quick flick through before I, I came over. Very nice. Wow. But it's it's chocker, chocker fact. So this would be cool. Be, exhibitions. Yeah, I can look back on Longleat and remember the times when I went there. And it goes right up to the experience. Wow. Which I think is pretty really cool. cool. Thank you ever so much. You're very That's welcome. Very kind. Very now kind we must bring the mood down because today we're going to talk about the Doctor, the Widow and the Wardrobe. Yes. Now, as Christmas specials go, yeah. do you tend to rewatch any Christmas specials over Christmas? Because I know that people do make a habit of it. Um, I mean, I don't rewatch Doctor Who only for these videos these days. I know this is probably a shock to people, but I actually don't watch Doctor Who for pleasure. He doesn't pleasure, actually like Doctor Who. I actually despise <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> it's all a front. I've yeah. just built up a brand around something I cannot stand. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have done that and still make a lot, awful lot of money do. from yeah, it. They do, yeah, that's so. true. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I just, I think it's because I've watched Doctor Who so many times, I just don't necessarily feel the need to watch it mm. anymore. Mm. Um, there's other things that need to be watched. So I tend to go and watch those. Oh my God, this is the end of the podcast. I know, as far sorry. As... This is the last episode. The end. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. You so, no, I, I never watch a Christmas special okay. on Christmas. And the last time you watched this would have been... Uh, when I did my big Doctor oh, Who marathon. Because I thought you were going to say Christmas Day 2011. <laughs> <laughs> well, Which is my answer, actually. Is it? So yeah. you've only ever seen this one once? Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I've seen this one I, but that's, two more times. That's not actually to do with this one in particular. I just don't watch a lot of... New Who. Well, th yeah, this is the other thing. Like, if I ever watch Doctor Who for pleasure, it's mm. always old stuff. I never watch new series Doctor Who for pleasure yeah. because, you know, it's a, it's just one of those things Shit. where you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things where you know you you tend to gravitate to what you grew up with, and you know I grew up with the old stuff like you did. So very much so. But I I seem to remember it was maybe the first time I'd watched, not just a Christmas special, but an episode of Doctor Who, and I kind of went, oh yeah. That was a bit lame. Yeah, this was, I think this was the first time we had it on at Christmas and we all went, wow, shall we just turn this off? Wow. Which is damning. You know? Has that happened since with Doctor Who? Yes, I'm sure it has. I'm sure there's been some Damn. where we've been like this. Even I haven't done that. Yeah, I mean, we, I, to be fair, I've never switched it off. No. But, but you've threatened I, to. My, my hand has been itching towards the remote control as if bad. to go, right, I've got to put something else on. That's A palate cleanser. And I, I, I feel a bit bad saying that from the off because I know obviously a lot of people watching these like you know the, the, the Moffat era and Matt are yeah. like their favourite kind of yeah. part of the show it was something they mainly grew up on yeah um, I don't have the same sort of fondness for it but uh, I guess that comes from us just liking different well, that's eras it, isn't of the programme yeah. and, that, and that's okay and, and I'll be honest I, I went into watching this the other day and I thought right I'm going to try and watch it properly and yeah. try and take in everything because yeah. normally the last time I watched this I thought Christ I've got to watch this shit story mm. and I put it on and I fell asleep and I woke up and it was the just coming towards the end and I thought <laughs> you know what I'm having that I, I watched this story I don't need to rewind it I've watched the episode uh, but this time I didn't fall asleep and you actually, and I, watched, and I actually it. watched it and I went into it and I thought, I'm not going to be mean. I mean, well, I say I'm not going to be mean. I made my notes and before we even started watching it, I put down the title of my notes as the shit Xmas one. <laughs> um, but I've got to say, yeah. watching it again, yeah. I still don't like it. Okay. But it wasn't as bad as I remembered. And if that isn't a Christmas miracle, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. Because I... 
felt exactly the same thing. Did you really? Yeah. My God, oh, this isn't going wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe wrong it's the Christmas thing, because when we watched Christmas Invasion, I think we both went into it kind of going like, eh, a bit, maybe a bit of snobbery. Yeah. And then we watched it and went, that was brilliant. That was so good. Yeah, but I think for us, that has far more nostalgia. Because it was the first one. It was the first one. Fair enough. And it's actually, it's all right. It's a fun fun little story. I really like the Christmas Invasion. Um, I don't think they've got it as good since, in terms of the Christmas vibe. No. I think that's A lot of people say Christmas Carol is the best one. And I, and I don't remember enough of it besides Catherine Jenkins being in it. So that was another one that I thought at the time was pretty crap. Mm. And then when I rewatched it for my marathon, I was like, actually, this is really good. Yeah. This is actually quite a nice, heartfelt Christmas story. Mm. Um, this one, on the other hand, is a bit... It's mawkish. It's pulling on the heartstrings. Yeah. And they're trying their best to... I think this is the this is a, a a a thing that I get more with Murray Gold mm. as like a audio auteur. Yeah, is that his music is kind of constantly telling you feel this. Yes, and it and it's all over this era. Yeah. Like like there isn't a scene that goes by without something <laughs> po- po- you yeah, know, just yeah. padding away yeah. in the background in terms it, of music. It, and it, I think it actually it detracts from. The it's story really itself. interesting you should say that because there was one scene in this mm. with Bill Bailey. Mm. Um, more on that later, but there was a scene on this with, with Bill Bailey, and for a few seconds there was no score, mm. and it was like, wow, there's like silence in this yeah. episode. What's going on? Yeah. And I was like, there's no score. And I was like, yeah, it is just a complete barrage of music, music all the time. It doesn't and, actually let you. I, I don't feel it actually lets you emotionally sort of get to grips with these characters. Yeah. Because it's like everybody's got a theme and it's like, well, that's useful. But when it's going, it's constant. Yeah. And there was there was a scene, uh, uh, again, something in particular sort of caught my attention, much like you. It was the bit when uh, the 11th Doctor is downstairs and I think it's the first time he introduces them to the present. Yeah. And there's music playing in the background and it's actually quite a complex bit of orchestration. So it's not like with like Sagan scores, mm. you might get like a kind of ethereal sort of synth tone playing yeah. in the background. And that's just enough to sort of set the scene or to kind of add a bit of colour to the scene. Yeah. But there's a whole like, you know, there's flutes doing yeah. all sorts of stuff. And it's playing like a like a piece of music mm. that's not been specially written for it, like a like a, um, a general track. Yeah. So that, you know, it might be that the Doctor does a flourish and you hear a da 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 or whatever, and that's fine. Yeah. But it, over dialogue, <clears throat> and it's like accentuating the, the dialogue, and it's just, it's really I, distracting. I've got it in my notes. That whole sequence at the start where he's, you know, he's playing up to the kids and all that sort of stuff. And I get why they've done it. You know, that's mm. not particularly my Doctor Who. I mm. don't really like all that stuff. I know, bar humbug, I'm a miserable git, but <laughs> that's fine. Um... <laughs> But with him coupled then with Murray's music, which is also like a barrage on mm. your senses, it's just like, oh my God. And like yeah. between Matt Smith and the music, it's just like, oh, please. And the dialogue. And the because, dialogue, yeah, Because yeah. It's, it's that classic sort of, what's that? That thing, that thing over there, what's that thing? Yeah, yeah. The thing, tell me about the thing. Yeah. And the, the question, I, I, I did have a bit, actually it didn't lead anywhere, but I had a bit where I wrote down all of the questions that Lily asked the 11th Doctor when they first go into that big... Um, lighthouse yeah, building. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like a question a second. Right. It was just like, you know, what's that? Tell me what that is. Tell me what that thing is. 
And when you've got Murray's music in the background and Matt going, all that kind of stuff, yeah. it's just like, I can't, I can't actually settle. Yeah, I, I think this is why it's watching probably, it. this was the first time I actually watched it and thought, oh, okay, I actually know what the plot is this time. Mm. Yeah, I don't think same. I've ever really known what it was about. It was just always that one with the tree people in it. And Bill Bailey. And Bill Bailey, yeah. Um, do you want to know what the Christmas number one is? Should we do our cheap pop culture rewind? Okay, so right, this, what year is it? 2011. 2011. You won't get it because I looked at it and I was like, oh, that uh, okay. Christmas number ones that year were weak sauce. Okay, go. Wherever You Are by the Military Wives with Ooh. Gareth Oh, Malone. Military Wives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember my, that now? I remember them. I my, think they, my mother's got them on CD. <laughs> I, I am not surprised. <laughs> the woman who still tapes EastEnders off the telly on cassettes. Yeah. There you go. Um, 10.77 million people overall. Watch this. 8.92 on the night. That's wow. pretty good. That's really good. I think it was like 32% of people watching telly on the night or in, in that moment were watching Doctor Who. Wow. That's pretty good. And for Matt Smith's second special as well. Yeah. Like, you know, people obviously haven't tired of him yet. Series 6 has carried on the trend of like really good viewing figures. Yeah. I guess. I, mean, I think this is the thing. Series 6 for me was a bit of a bummer. Mm. It was pretty crap. And yeah. I think having that in my head and I think in series six they really upped Matt Smith's like zany oh I'm a children's entertainer sort of doctor Um, which like I said it's not my thing Um, but obviously when he does all the emotional stuff and like the stuff with the kids he's Mm. really good what happened in the last episode of series six why is he yeah why is he pretending to be dead I was that the ending that was Doctor Who when whatever his name is head in a box is yelling at him. Oh yeah, what's his name? Um, uh, Blue Man. Blue I'm, Man Group. I'm sure we've offended group, someone who's because that's the... their favourite character. But... Yeah. Uh, Ka- it's like Karim Nostravar or something weird like oh, that. Oh yeah, that sounds something... Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, him. Go on. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually hoping that you would know because no. I wanted to turn around to you and say, what does any of this mean? Because A Good Man Goes to War was the last one of that year, right? No, that was the midway oh, shit. episode. What this was the was last the, episode? The Wedding of River Song. Is that the Which one I've only he's... ever seen twice and I still can't remember what it's about. Okay, is he in a toga in that one? Possibly. Okay, I think I With remember beard. that one. I just remember him coming out underneath some woman's skirt. Yeah. And he was naked or had a toga on or something. <laughs> what was going on with Doctor Who back then? <laughs> I don't know. What was going on? Um, biggest films of the year? What, 2011. 2011. Um, I don't know, some superhero... Do you know thing. what? No, actually. Wow. Not a single superhero one on the list My that God. I could find. This is in the top five, anyway. Okay. Deathly Hallows Part 2. Right. Big movie. King's Speech. The Inbetweeners movie. That's a good one. Uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides and The Hangover Part 2. So, a lot of sequels. Yeah. A lot of sequels. Biggest games of the year, though. Yeah. Top of the list. Batman Arkham City. Oh, was it? Yeah. Fabulous game. Skyrim. Oh, yeah. Portal 2. Mass Effect Excellent. 2. Dead Space 2, L.A. Noir, Duke Nukem Forever, Dead Island. Remember Dead Island? The trailer yeah, was amazing. Dead Island. And then the game yeah. came out and it was a bit meh. Yeah, I never played the game, but I remember the trailer looking really good. Battlefield 3, yeah. GoldenEye 007 Reloaded. Oh, the one on the Wii? No, the Reloaded one is PlayStation 3 and Xbox. There was a PlayStation 3 one? It's really good. Oh, shit. I yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they just ported it over. Huh. It's, it's really, really good. Um, Uncharted 3. Very good. And Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. The only game, apart from uh, GTA V, when that first came out, that I actually queued up at midnight for. Really? And I went to game when game used to be 
in the galleries on yeah. the top floor. Yeah. And I queued there with my dad till midnight. Wow. Went in, they gave me some special dog tags and um, never did it again. <laughs> it was an absolute waste of time. But there we go. Um, so, was it because by the time you got home and put the disc in and it downloaded all the bloody shit that you needed to play the game, you were like, it was I've like, got to go to bed. I've got to go up in two hours to go to school anyway. Yeah. So this is a waste of time. <laughs> um, right, let's take this from the top. Okay. The Doctor, the Widow and the Wardrobe. Actually, really good pre-credit sequence. I was going to say the same thing. The opening is actually pretty damn good. And I was like, that's where that shot comes from of him running down the corridor with all the fire and explosions that everybody uses in their compilations and montages. Uh, yeah. I was like, there we go. Okay. Um, and then the geography of it all gets a bit... Farron Blackburn directed this one. Geography of the Ooh, space gets a little one. bit... Mm, Has he done any other ones? Not that I'm aware of, okay. that I checked. Probably, maybe, fill in the blank there. But I was watching it and I couldn't quite tell what had happened because I was like, okay, so the, the back of the ship has just got blown off. Yeah. Right. But like, he, so he's dead then. And then he lets go and chases the, the, <laughs> the spaceman outfit to Earth. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I know he's got a weird cardiovascular system. He can breathe in space, probably, whatever. But Matt, what happens to your body when you get exposed to the vacuum of space? Do you inflate and blow up? You like inflate, freeze, burn, yeah. and deflate within like seconds, mm. and your eyeballs shatter. See, and... I was going to make that point as well about this, and then I thought, no, that would be really bad of me because I like Fall to Doomsday when Peter Davison does the floaty floaty out in space playing cricket. So I thought, well. Wow. But, but he's got a mask on. He has got oh, a helmet. Okay, fine, he hasn't got okay, anything, he hasn't, else, he hasn't, he hasn't anything else. Got on. So, so his head would have been perfectly preserved, but the rest <laughs> of him would have. Sort of yeah, up. <laughs> exactly, and exploded. Um, okay, fine. That is a gobshite thing for me to say then, if I accept. Because I love yeah. that scene. I love that. Otherwise, it would be the popcorn and the kettle black if I said. Exactly. Oh, if it was shit for one, but what good for about, another. Um, but he uh, does say, actually, he's like, oh, this is a something something impact suit. So, so I guess repairs, it's, desi it yeah, it's designed to okay. fall. Do you reckon heights? he managed to get it on before re entry as he was burning up in the Earth's atmosphere? Uh, I can only assume I can, so. I can only imagine that a smidge of ash goes inside that <laughs> suit and it regenerates his whole body. Yeah. You know. Uh, but again, it's like impact suit, fine, whatever. Jodie's doctor fell out of the TARDIS from... Uh, was she in space at the time? Or was she, like, in the Earth's atmosphere? I, I think feel she was like, in the Earth's atmosphere. Because I feel she? like, yeah, when, when she falls, you just see clouds. It's not, like, stars around Yeah, there, true. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, David Tennant's doctor... Falls Falling through a skylight yeah, from yeah. a plane yeah. and surviving. Yeah, uh, Tom Baker can't survive falling off a, a radio, radio telescope. telescope. I call bullshit on that, Doctor yeah. Who. Get your gravity <laughs> shit right. And then the other one, of course, being uh, Peter Capaldi doing a similar uh, skydive without a parachute. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That was cool. In the Zygon episode. Was it the Zygon episode or was it the Series 8 finale? It was Series 8 finale. When he becomes the president of Earth. Oh, shit. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. And the Brigadier... Oh, what was with all that stuff? Please, anyone in the comments, do you actually even like all this stuff? Do you like all this President of Earth I'm crap? Not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about Stephen Moffat in this yeah, episode. Yeah, you're not allowed to say anything. Because I've been told off. You've the, been told off. All well, the I'm going to take over. That was nonsense. Okay. <laughs> there we go. And so if you like it, you're mad. Everything about Stephen Moffat that's said in this episode comes out of his mouth, not mine. And yeah. if it does come out of my mouth, then I will donate to a charity. Okay. Because I think that's only fair. fair. <laughs> um, Stephen's favourite charity. Where are Amy and Rory? Yeah, this is the thing I couldn't remember. From what I understand, I was going to look it up, but I then realised I couldn't be asked. Um, I think she, he's I left them on Earth in yeah, that yeah. house. Yeah. He bought them a house, bought them a car. 
because you know that's what the doctor does these days. And uh, it's fucking manual. Then, I don't know how to drive a manual. Said, Where are you? He Sorry, said. He said. Oh, then I was that. Then him saying, "I'm going to go off to America and get zapped and pretend to die." No, that's like way after that, isn't it? Yeah, but it's all oh, all yeah. over the place, isn't it? It's all wibbly wobbly. My main thing at the start was oh, because I now remember. Doesn't he say to Karim Nostradamus Navarre um, <laughs> that he needs to go dark? He's been making too much noise. Yeah. And then he screams Doctor Who at him. Yeah. And then it's like he's supposed to be in the shadows and all mm. that kind of stuff. Um, that Yeah, that's all I can remember from the end of Series 6. Yeah. So I think as far as they're concerned, he's dead. Fine. That's okay. all we need to know. That's why he's on his own. They've moved on pretty bloody quick, is all I'll say. Yeah. Um, they well, got look, a nice house and a nice car. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to go up there. It's much <laughs> safer. Uh, and an ood in the toilet, if pond life is to be believed. Yeah, I um, Claire Skinner's in this, of outnumbered fame. Yes. Literally, I think the only other thing I've seen her in. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Mm. Um, and I, that's one of my notes. I said it's got, it's a really good cast. It is, yeah. But they are in a really bad story. I think Alexander Armstrong is a good bit of casting and is barely in it. I know yeah. you need the emotional gut punch of like, oh no, Alexander Arnold's dead. Um, but you know, I, I, he's not really in it. It could have been it could have been anyone. Could have been anyone. Yeah. Um, it's a shame he feels wasted because he's he good. feels wasted. I mean, Ara- they all do. Arabella Weir her. is just about the only guest cast member that I don't think is wasted. No, because she, she yeah. gets some really good lines. Yeah. Um, and I liked her character siding with um, Margaret. Is that her name? I just plucked that name straight out of the air. Madge Arwell. Oh, I was close. Madge, Madge. Arwell or Atwell or something like that. Madge Arwell. Um, that's it, yeah. They have some quite nice dialogue. Yeah. Um, and the guy with mummy issues has that one funny line when he's crying. That was like, okay, that's your, that's your thing. Yeah. I found that a bit funny. Did you? Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> There's a lot of mummy issues in this story. I don't know, maybe Stephen's got mummy issues. Maybe he does. Who uh, knows? Oh, no. I said it. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did. I was going to follow it up. Um, so, uh, but it is Bill Bailey that's, that sticks in my craw. Yeah. Is that the right word? Is that the term? <clears throat> that's the one that I'm like, I'm so sad that he's been shafted. Because, mm. again, like, he doesn't even get the funniest lines. No. Uh, like, he, and he is, uh, I mean, Arabella Weir, was she a comedian? Yeah. Predominantly? I think so, yeah. Fair enough. But I just think... Yeah, Bill Bailey's like the straight man, isn't he? Yeah, and it's like, that's not what Bill Bailey does. No. Maybe they should have swapped the roles yeah. around or something. Yeah, you want Bill Bailey to play some sort of like mad time lord or something, don't yeah. you? Yeah. You don't want him to be like, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm a soldier. Runstable the Factuous. Yeah. He'd be great. Um, yeah, that kind of a thing would, would be fantastic. But it, it is just, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I, it's still one of the guest casts, castings that... I am most sort of like ugh, about. It's, it's, it's a shame. Yeah, the, what's her name is very good as the mum as Madge. She mm. does a really good job. Uh, the kids are actually really good. Totally fine. The kids are really good. Um, unfortunately, when we get to series seven and we get those kids in oh, like Mary and Silver, the, oh, the ones in Clara's care. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're not so good. But these two kids, they're they're really good. They they do pretty well. I I've think say. Th- this could have utterly broken the story if they weren't any good. Yeah, because um, they carried the story. Exactly. Yeah, if they were bad, that would have been it. Um, did you know the girl who played Lily is in Red Dwarf? Really? Yeah. In Pete, when they have the time wand. Yeah. And Kachansky gets take, like, degenerated back to like an eight-year-old. Oh my That's God, her. that is her. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. see it now. Yeah. What? Isn't that cool? Little Kachansky. Little Kachansky. That's amazing. Um, 
Human female in a red coat stumbles into a green space in a small village in the dead of night after a mysterious traveller falls from the sky. Weren't we exactly here like two years ago with Amy, with Amy discovering Bond. the yeah, 11th yeah, Doctor? True. That, that was a bit like, God, give new ideas, bro. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, what, yeah. what did you think to that whole thing with, oh, I got my helmet on wrong. I'm blind. I didn't mind that. The only thing that slightly ruined it is they didn't paint out the eye holes. Yes. <laughs> They're I, still like... You can see them so clearly. It's yeah. like, oh. It's still mesh that Matt Smith's yeah. obviously looking through. And that kind of ruined it because I was like, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be seeing those because yeah. I'm assuming he can see out of them. Yeah. Because um, when I looked on the TARDIS wiki page for it, they listed on there the exact same thing happened like the year before or like it's another right. example of like them not digitally yeah. painting out the eye holes. Um, but I thought it was quite funny. It plays up to Matt's physical, you know, yeah. characteristics. He's I, a very physical actor. I think I remembered it being more over the top than it actually yeah. was when I watched it. So that was okay. And then I was prepared to go off on a rant about the TARDIS joke, about mm. her picking the lock with the hairpin. I was, about, I was like, oh, this is taking the fucking piss. And then, of course, it turns out to be a real police box. And I was like, and actually, that's a really good gag. His, his line of, was it 900 years of space travel now seems slightly less safe safer, or something? Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, was, that, like that. was, that yeah, was it, good. It, yeah, that was, a good, that was a good joke. I, I was able to take off my angry fan hat. Good. Excellent. That one. Now, the, obviously, the central crux of this story is Alexander Armstrong's dad character. He's dead. He gets killed on or around Christmas Eve. Yeah coming back from the war, shot down over the channel. And the mum character, played by Claire Skinner, um, hasn't told her kids yep. yet. And the whole dynamic is that she hasn't told her kids. Because she doesn't want to ruin Christmas. She doesn't want to ruin Christmas. Forever, because it would be it. And that was quite, I thought that that subplot, and also the scene that she has with Matt at the start when she tells them to get out of their bedroom that he's made up for them. Yeah. Where he says, the, the, the time that you should be being happy is just before you tell them the sad thing and yeah. that kind of thing. I thought that was a really lovely yeah, thing. The emotional moments in this are actually really well done and I think both Matt and uh, her... Claire Skinner. Do, Claire Skinner, yeah. They, they both do it very well. Um, and it's nice. I think Matt's Doctor works really well in those moments because it shows there's the age and the weariness mm. of the Time Lord. Mm. You know, um, and it's a nice juxtaposition from all that bouncing around, going "Whoa!" Like, oh, I know, I know. And, that and irritated me as well. If that, you know, if that was that was David, he would have played those scenes where, like, I haven't got a family to spend Christmas with. Yeah. With tears welling in his eyes and looking very stoic and clenching his jaw and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The Time Lord sort of thing. Yeah. But Matt plays it with this sort of like, well, you know, got to keep moving, sort of like yeah. stiff upper lip sort of stoicism, but but not not in a in a way that kind of plays down the fact no. that he's the last of his race. Yeah, and yeah. That he, he, but th oh yeah, that's still a thing, isn't it? At this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it gets so confusing. <laughs> it does. But then for for, I feel slightly let down that those are actually two quite good threads in this. That he's. The, the, the one about him spending Christmas on his own isn't really picked up until the end. Yeah. Um, and the stuff with, the, with, with Claire Skinner's character, I think, is quite good. And, and the dynamic with, with the father and, and Matt sort of um, placating her through yeah. that. But <clears throat> all of that is kind of undone because he survives anyway. Hmm. Uh, the, the, the dad. And if it was that easy for Matt to just turn up at Amy and Rory's front door... Why didn't he do it before? Like, I don't feel like he's gone through like a crazy series finale level sort of thing. And he's like, man, I really do need to check in on my friends. 
Like this seemed like a pretty. I mean, he didn't really do anything in this story. No, it's he all, didn't, it's, it's does all he? the kids yeah. and Claire Skinner that do everything. Yeah. He sort of facilitates them through the story. That's very true. Yeah, and he just yeah they work it all out, don't mm. they? They work out the you are weak, you are strong mm. thing as well. Yeah, that's true. And I, I liked the bit. You know, it made sense. Why is she the only person that can carry all of the mm. thing? Well, she's a mother. Like, yeah, she yeah, carries yeah. life. Yeah. And I thought that that's was all really, really clever. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't appreciate that when I first watched no. it. No. And this time, I was like, yeah, that's actually quite. A cool I think idea. it would have gone the over my head. It's like, oh yeah, what? A, really clever. That's a clever idea. Um. So. Nicely done, Stephen. My God, you just gave Stephen Moffat a compliment. I can't believe it. No, what's happening? I don't like, apparently I don't like Stephen Moffat or anything he's ever done. I can't compliment him on anything. There we go. Um, what do we think of the tree people? They look amazing. Do you think? They look really cool. I think I was, I'm slightly spoiled having seen them so much in the Doctor Who experience. Because yeah. they were always there. Yeah. That Someone's trying to sell one on eBay at the moment. A legit one? Yeah, the heads of the, really? the King one, yeah. Interesting. Okay, we'll see if there's enough Patreon money for that. <laughs> and then we can get rid of Jerry. Um, I, I, I really like the design. Um, I think, and I've said this before in other episodes where we've had an episode that we've been a bit like, nah, kind of lukewarm on. I think it's the threat not being too strong yeah that kind of ruins a story or lets it down a little yeah. bit and again like there's no threat in this like the threat no. is from the acid rain but yeah. we don't actually get to see what kind of an effect that has on the planet and the doctor's just kind of like well it's a shame that all these trees are going to get wiped out and turned to sludge but whatever yeah i think this is the problem with the story is that there's not really yeah there's no threat there's no danger not no, really no you know, I, I couldn't really give a shit what happens to these kids yeah. you know and like the acid rain it just kind of slightly damages magic Mag- yeah, jacket no, a little bit yeah yeah there's not yeah this story to me and i'm sure people will love this mm. But to me, it felt very much like the sort of story you'd get in a Doctor Who annual. I wrote that down. Yeah. It, it does feel like a, like a children's Christmas annual and, short story. And, you know, story. maybe that's what you want at Christmas. Yeah. You know, I, personally, I don't like that from Doctor Who mm. myself. Because mm. um, I know people will be like, oh, well, it's Christmas. You don't want monsters killing people. Yeah, you do. Oh, I do. We want trees, like, slashing people to bits. Yeah. That's what you want. Oh my God, could you imagine? I like the fact that it can play loose and fast with that though like one year you can have a Christmas episode that's a bit more sort of like pure Doctor Who yeah one that's a bit more fantasy because obviously it carries on the thread from the previous year that it's based on classical literature yeah not necessarily that it's Christmas related obviously Christmas Carol is yeah but I like the fact that it's kind of gone back to that classic literature thing yes Um, I, I mean the title the Doctor, the Widow, and, and the, the wardrobe. wardrobe. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. A bit of a mouthful, and there is no wardrobe. This is TARDIS, isn't it? He says, he says, oh, that's oh, my he? wardrobe. I, I missed, yeah. missed it. it. That annoyed me, because I was like, well, why don't you just make it the TARDIS? Why don't you just mm. make that the TARDIS is the thing? Why have a present that's a portal? I think it's a cool visual. And it's, it does and look it's cool, and it does work. That first shot, when yeah. you see the kid like picking Going his head through, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they do that sort of pan around, that yeah. looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, it's just like, yeah, but that's the whole thing is the wardrobe is the, the doorway it's, to Narnia. It's the gimmick. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very, the production design is fantastic for all It that does stuff. look really nice this episode, well, I have to say. I, I assume that that stuff was shot 
outside, but mm. I would imagine a lot of it is studio. All that, yeah, all the based. tree stuff is some studio somewhere. But it looks really good. It looks good. really good. And, yeah. the, and the visual of the, the baubles coming down and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's very That's a cool. really cool idea. I mean, I, I like this in as much as it really fits in with Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who sort of fairy tale aesthetic. Yeah. And it, it really does work well in that regard. Um, but yeah, I think it just needed it needed more threat, mm. you know. And obviously, the bloody the people from Androzani. That I'm just about to ask. Androzani minor, major, major, major. They reference in this one. So hang on now. Which one is it in case of Androzani? Minor, I think. Right. Okay. And so this is this the is the planet where um, what's his name is taking all his phone calls from. The guy in his, in his high turning tower. to the camera yeah. and doing his little monologues. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Oh god, that's my memory really is annoying. dreadful for stuff like that. Uh, oh god! While you're thinking about that, yeah, I, I, I tried to count it up in my head before I came here. I think this is the second of three instances in the Stephen Moffat era. I'm not bashing him. Stop writing your comments. <laughs> where a World War Two fighter plane ends up in space or in oh, the time yeah. vortex because it happens in A Good Man Goes to War. Does it? I think it does. I think at the end, doesn't he call on them to help him out? Oh, maybe. I think. And then there's Victory of the Daleks. Yeah. And then this one. Oh, right. So I think, I think there's three instances of it. He obviously just likes planes in space. Very strange. Very strange. I mean, not bad at all. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being positive about Stephen Moffat. Um, happy crying. Yeah, that's a big thing in this episode. Happy crying. Now, I am I like the fact that he's kind of picking... But the Doctor isn't like a social or emotional leper. No. Like, you know, the Doctor has the ability to express emotions <laughs> yeah. and feelings. I, bullshit, this is the first time he's happy cried. Yeah. Like, fine if it's the 11th Doctor's first time. That's okay. Yeah. But, like... He's, he hasn't lost his smile or anything. Like, no. You know, what, what, why is he suddenly getting really, like, emotional about happy crying? Yeah. Or, like, you humans are amazing the way you have emotions. Yeah. It's like, we're, he's we're, not a Vulcan. He's not, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it was really, really out of character, I thought. Yeah, it is a bit... Yeah, yeah. It is a bit weird. Especially when you've just had David Tennant, who's, like, mm. really emotional. And then he has actually quite a nice bit where he sees them all reunite and hugging. Yeah. And he does the happy crying. And then... Totally ruins it with humany woomany. Yeah! Oh, oh fuck's sake. It's like, come on. Steven. I get that he had the line earlier about the sciencey wyancey desk or whatever, but it's like. Oh, did he? I'd yeah, there's, there's a reference to right. sciencey wyancey or something earlier on, but that was like 50 minutes ago. Yeah. It's not the. It, like, it doesn't yeah. have the same punch. It's not like a clever, yeah. like, oh, yeah. look, he's done, he's mentioned the thing from earlier. Yeah, it does feel like, oh, now's not the time for this no. nonsense. No, no. <laughs> It's like him turning up in a fez. Yeah. Like to say, I'm really sorry, children, but you're, uh, <coughs> excuse me, your father has died. <laughs> like, it's not, it's weird. Um, Forrest of Cheem got a reference. Forrest of Cheem got a re reference. That was really cool. Um, and then it ends. Yeah. Amy and Rory together, living together. He gets hit with a water pistol. Yeah. Is that a reference to the fact that Karen's first story. Fires of Pompeii. Fires of Pompeii. And oh, yeah, he's I'm got the water pistol. Well, maybe. Maybe. Is it that clever? Maybe. Pro pro probably, probably not. I think that's the problem is, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of style in it. Mm. And I think it thinks it's got a lot of substance and a lot of like 
you know, heavy emotional moments. Yeah. But it, it doesn't actually, I don't think. No. And you know, it's kind of the least like heart wrenching yeah. of the Christmas specials. And it, it feels very, it feels very linear, if you know what I mean. It's mm. just like, okay, so we're in the village, we're in the house, mm-hmm. we're in the forest. She's on the on that spaceship thing. Yeah, we're at the lighthouse. Yeah, then we're back home. Yeah. The end. Yeah, and then we're at Amy and Rory's. It is very just like okay, it just. I think that's why, as you said, it kind of feels like a Doctor Who annual mm. story because it doesn't have any kind of impact on the wider yeah. you know, narrative. Not that every Doctor Who story has to, but you know how much that era likes to tie things in. It's nice to have a kind of like a respite, yeah. kind of whew, catch your breath sort of story, especially because the next one chronologically is bloody um, Asylum, Asylum of the, the Daleks. Daleks. Yeah, now I was thinking this because... In this one, mm. Amy and Rory are like, oh, you know, we're, the, we're lovely and happy. And then the next story, they're like, oh, we're getting a divorce. Well, Pond Life is supposed to bridge that gap, isn't it? Between... Oh, is it? I think that's where Pond Life sits. But I'm I not sure... Any of that I'm not sure that Pond Life even does it that effectively. And even if it did, what percentage of your audience... Is going to be watching that Your stuff. 8 million on the night... Yeah. ...is watching this online-only... Spin-off. Six people, maybe? Six people, maybe. <laughs> and yeah, because suddenly they're divorced in the next story and they hate each other. And it's like, well, it's not like they actually get on anyway. No, it's, it's a weird relationship. Like, like he's very toxic. He's so henpicked. Yeah. And he, he comes out and he's like, you know, oh, how you doing? Uh, oh, he's, you're alive. And she's like, we've done that bit. Yeah. And it's like, so Rory doesn't get to have a chat with, yeah. with this bloke that, you know, is obviously she's got the hots for. Yeah. How awkward is that? What is it with Doctor Who getting, cucking other people? <laughs> it's so weird. Can you imagine that in the 60s? Ian being cucked by William Hartnell. <laughs> Oi. I mean, you never know. Um, any other notes, Matthew, before we any other this? Any other business? I, um, I, I mean, I don't want to be too irrationally mean yeah, about it I because it's here, Christmas. They think I'm all dead. And I went, do they? What's that about? <laughs> completely forgot it. Completely forgot it. Just goes to show this is not a series or era of Doctor Who that, you that I ever remember watched. too much. No. Um, yeah, I've watched it twice. That's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the souls. The souls of the trees. Right, this bothered me. Mm-hmm. So they made a whole big thing about, oh, you know, the souls of the trees are going to get burned up mm-hmm. by the acid rain. Okay, fine. Uh, so we need to rehome them. Mm. Okay, fine. We'll stick them in Madge's head and fly her off into space and find them a home on Earth. Okay, fine. I thought that the souls were going to go into the trees on Earth. Then all of a sudden, oh no, they've gone up into the sky, into the stars. They are the stars or something. And it's like, oh, well, why didn't they just, they floated out of the trees. Why didn't they just bug off into the sky on their own planet? Maybe, maybe they can't get out of the atmosphere of the, I'm I'm trying. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I was like, oh, this, this is weird. And then, then, of course, you have the whole conundrum of if you put the souls of the tree pe- the trees into the Earth's trees, they are going to get chopped down anyway by deforestation. So then it's just more murder. Nobody wins. No one wins. No one wins. And on that note, <laughs> uh, what will we give this out of uh, 10? Maybe a three. A three. I think a three is about right. I think a four yeah. makes it sound too generous. A four makes it sound like I liked it more than I did. And I have to say, I did like it more than I expected to. Yeah. But I dislike it, not for the reasons of, oh, it's a Stephen Moffat Christmas special, which I think probably was why I was a bit reticent to like watch it again, or yeah. I thought I had neggy vibes towards it. Yeah. I'm actually more like, it's a three out of 10, because actually it's, uh, there's not an awful lot to kind of grab yeah, onto in yeah. it, in the story. It's very, it's wafer thin in terms of its actual, but like, the emotional impact of it. 
I think it's really trying to do something powerful and emotional. Yeah. But I don't think it really gets there. No. And I, I don't know if that's because I looked at the runtime and I was like, it's only 58 minutes yeah. for a special these days. That's kind of, I mean, Doctor Who is 60 plus minutes now anyway. Yeah. But like looking at the, looking at the runtime for that, I was like, whoa, it's, this is like a short special. They're and, usually like like an hour twenty, now, and it doesn't. They? And for an episode as long as that, for fifty mm. minutes, fifty eight minutes, not a lot happens. No, and this is this is the problem. Yeah. It's just like yeah, you you just go from one locale to another, mm. and then it's the end. And I didn't think it was particularly Christmassy either. It didn't no. like sort of apart from the fact it's snowy and obviously yeah. it's set at Christmas. I think like Runaway Bride, yeah. immediately feels Christmas more Christmassy. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Carol from memory does obviously Christmas Invasion. I think they all generally feel a lot more Christmassy than this even the one. end of time feels more Christmassy, and that's pretty light on Christmas. I, I think it might be because those episodes have a more modern depiction of Christmas. Yeah, maybe. So like can, you can see like yeah. the the Christmas sale signs in the street in like the Runaway Bride and stuff like that. So. I, I I put this on Twitter though. I was like, oh god, this is possibly the worst Doctor Who story ever. Um, when did you do that? Did you do it after you watched it? No, no, no. When we, oh, right. when, 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 when you, we did the, sh- you put the schedule out. Yeah, and I yeah, said, yeah. oh, possible contender for the worst Doctor Who story. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would necessarily go that far. No, I or wouldn't. Not. You know what I mean? After watching the Space Pirates. Yeah, I think the Space Pirates is bad because it's just boring. Yeah. Um, which is a sin mm. for Doctor Who. Whereas this is just a bit naff. Yeah. You know, if it's not your, if if. Overly emotional, lovey-dovey stuff isn't your cup of tea, which mm. isn't for me, especially in Doctor but, Who but, circles. But even that aside, I don't think it even does that particularly well. No. It doesn't kind of like actually, yeah, do that stuff particularly yeah. well. Um, would you... Someone said, someone said, oh, come on, it's not even the worst... It's not it's certainly not the worst Doctor Who story, and it's probably not even the worst Christmas special. So where would you rank this... In like terms of Christmas specials, I think Russell's ones were all pretty good. I, I don't think I can fault any of Russell's ones. So the so the the rest of the Stephen ones were Wedding of River Song, no, the Husbands of River Song, which I hate. Um, With a passion. Time of the Doctor. And someone did a poll, and that one actually got the highest. Um, Husbands of River Song. Did it? Yeah. God knows why. Christmas Carol. That's only good until like the last fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, last Christmas. The Return of Doctor Mysterio, and Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. Now, I would say Last Christmas is his best one. I would say... I remember liking that one, and I also remember liking the woman who was supposed to take over as the companion in that story. Oh, but then Jenna signed uh, on for another year at the last yeah, minute, and they were like, oh... Shona. Shona, yeah. yeah. I quite liked her. Um, I think I'd have to probably put Twice Upon a Time at the bottom, because it is awful. It's... Awful. I could, I could, I can stomach that more than Husbands no. of River Song. Yeah, with, with, re- with the first Doctor acting like a complete twat the whole way through. I can, I can kind of cope with that. Really? I know. Over, over the whole river. I mean, I hate River Song as a character. She drives me up the wall. And that whole story is just those two arsing around mm. for like forty-five minutes, and mm. then at the end you get like a nice bit of right, you know, stuff. I'm not one for the whole kind of preserve the legacy of like you know. William Hartnell not being the first Doctor anymore. He is the first Doctor yeah, still. Yeah. 
um, there might have been incarnations of that character beforehand, but he's still the first Doctor. Yeah, I, I hate think that. anyone who says that is a bloody idiot. <laughs> I think that the twice, I think twice upon a time is more damaging to the legacy of the first Doctor than yeah. anything Chris Chibnall has decided to do. Yeah, true. Because it completely like when was he ever a homophobe and a bloody you know he's just like a weirdo in that story. <laughs> he's really unpleasant in that story. Yeah, there's nothing you know like I think David Bradley actually does quite a good job at, yeah. at playing that kind of approximation, sort of like overly characterful version of the first mm. Doctor. I'd certainly have him over um, David, uh, uh, what's his name? Richard Herndl. Richard Herndl. Oh, interesting. I was just about to say, best William Hartnell that isn't William Hartnell. <laughs> Do you reckon? I, I, I prefer Richard Herndl. Do you really? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because I grew up watching Five Doctors a lot and so... I, I kind of feel like Richard Herndl in the Five Doctors is too young. Almost interesting. I like I like that Bradley is a, an old dude, yeah. and he kind of plays it with the voice of an older man. Mm, Whereas true. I think Richard Herndl's just oh, he's sort a of, bit of an old git though, isn't he? Richard no, he Herndl. is. But I, 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 you eat pussy like that. <laughs> I, I think that that um, <laughs> I, I just think he's just kind of yeah. He's he's just a bit more like a, a younger guy playing older. Whereas I like the fact that David Bradley is just an old bloke playing an old bloke. I mean, David Bradley's older than William Hartnell was when he was you know what I mean? here, which is bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've got no problem with David Bradley. No. He's, he's good. He's nice. Well, I, I have to say, I think that Twice Upon a Time is, is the worst Christmas special. Right, right, okay. And the best, I think. I mean, it is pretty crap. Again, like this story, mm. there's no real plot there. It's just, it's just, the end of it. it's just happening. At the end of it, Peter goes... It's not even an evil plan. I don't know what yeah. to do when that happens. Yeah. They're like, oh, <laughs> what, are we what was the last 40 minutes about then? Um, yeah, I, I think that would probably be my least favourite and I think Christmas Invasion would probably be my favourite. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah the la- the, last, the last festive special as of yeah. now and the first one, I think, are the, the top and tail of, of the spectrum yeah. of quality on those, for me personally. Yeah. Yeah, I do like Last Christmas. And I think, I think had Last Christmas ended with old Clara mm. dying, mm. I think that would have been a really sweet end for her character. And it would have just, it would have been a lovely way yeah. to end the story. Is that the face-hugging one? Yeah. yeah. But then for it to be, oh no, actually, you're not an old character. You're still young. Yeah. Let's get the TARDIS and have, you know, yeah. another year of the same old shit, as the trailer basically says. I thought you said you weren't <clears throat> going to do it again. Shit. Right. Yeah, yeah there we go. Well, then that's, that's what it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Well... There we have it. We didn't hate no. the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. I feel weird. Yeah. I feel like this is not, isn't right. That's all right. Next Christmas we can do Twice Upon a Time and actually get angry. Oh, we've done Twice Upon a Time. Oh, yeah, we have, haven't we? Yeah. Go watch our Twice Upon a Time review. We'll review whatever... <laughs> we'll do something nice next Maybe they'll time. find the Feast of Stephen and we can review that. Can you imagine? My God, that would be treat. dope. Or not. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it's worth it for the first ever Doctor Who Christmas special. True, yeah. Come on. Yeah, I'll have a bit of that. Yeah. Maybe we'll watch the Telesnap reconstruction next year. Yeah, we could do. We could we? do that as like a little a little bonus. Yeah. That'd be fun. All right. Um, we're going to have a quick break now because I desperately need to go to the loo. Yeah, you're jiggling I'm, around there, aren't you? Yeah, on that I'm, chair? I'm <laughs> getting quite animated. <laughs> See you in a bit. Hello. It's time to read out the Patreons, which we haven't done in a while because no. we've been so busy fluxing around that we just kept getting to do it. We were just like, well, we must record this thing and we just didn't get around to doing it. So we are very sorry, long overdue, but here are our wonderful patrons. So we have Sunny Mullings, Thomas Langford, Will Price, William Carlyle, Jake Booth, Joe Gr- mm. Joe Dre McCarran, Elliot Holt, 
Grunch, Jeremy Thomas Webb, Andrew Lewis, Jeff McCrory, Joe Bardsley, Joe Kay, Josh Lambert, Jude Lavus, Luke Smith, Macra, there are no such thing as Macra, Mark Sanderson, Matthew Bevan, uh, Ronan Heathcote, Ronan, Rowan Thorne, Daniel Davies, David Cunningham, Exile to the Time Lash, Future Contact, Gregor Shepard, Harvey Smith, Yanto Danielson, Jack Addison, Jack D. Evans, James Woods, and Jean-Luc Harry. Nicely done. Thank Excellent. you. Excellent. I only bumbled it a couple of times. You only fucked up once. <laughs> Uh, and I am going to say thank you to Andrew Mark Thompson, Callum Devine, Chris Clark, Jay Gents, Conrad Harbert, Jack Duffy, James Deakin, James Garrett, James Avery, Miles Lanham, Morgan Robertson, Oliver M, Peter Adamson, someone. There's actually their name. <laughs> Tom Walker, Maxon Russell, Ryan Kemp, Thomas McDonald, Tom Lindsay, Josh Snares, Harry Palmer, Connor Goodall, Connor Goddard. Frank Frank Band, David Baker, Connor Goddard, I'll get your name right again, there you go. Uh, Hope, uh, fucking Malcolm Hope, I've got, I was doing so well. You've got to keep it all in. Malcolm Hope, Christian well, Craig. this is the thing. I was pulling faces and I was like, oh, hang on a minute. There's only one it. camera. <laughs> Normally I would cut away. <laughs> Chad, oh my god, yes, fuck. <laughs> right, Christian Craig, Chad Welsh, Donovan the Dooski, Hugh Burke, Liam Duke, Thomas Gentile, Robert Johnson, and Jack G. Hey, well done. Good. Well done. Okay. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you very Patreon. much. But, fucking never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right, okay. Part two. Electric Boogaloo. Part two, Electric Boogaloo. We haven't talked about our Christmas jumpers. You've got a very good bottom. I've got a very good bottom one on. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, and you've got a very not fetching Doctor Who one yeah. on today. Yeah, yeah. They're all on there. Yeah. Well, Joe Martin isn't, but, you know. Sacrilege. Up to up to Jodie. I don't mind the, the, the cute kawaii thing with the Doctors when it's like that. Yeah. When you get the little vinyl figures mm. or when you get those key rings, that's when it's like... Chibi, isn't it? Is Chibi. That's it. Chibi. Chibi. Um, right. It's time for the Q&A. Yay. Hey, we haven't Remember done that in a long time. Yeah. So I've picked a number of questions. Thank you very much to everybody that submitted them on Twitter. I think we had like 70 odd. Um, so thank you very much for those uh, people who submitted them on Twitter. Yeah. Um, if yours wasn't picked, it might just be because it's asked elsewhere with another okay. set of questions, so we'll, we'll, we'll crack through them. First one, this is from James. Favourite Doctor Who thing, merch, etc., that you've acquired this year, and what Doctor Who thing would you love to have? Well, Matt's had quite a good year in terms of purchasing <laughs> things that are Doctor Who related, uh, and also not purchasing things, because he gets the shit sent to him anyway. But, so with all the shit he would have bought through the year, he's saved that money up, and has decided to buy himself a fucking Cyberman outfit, which you all are aware of, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, technically, I don't have it yet, so no, no, it's not here yet. So, if, so if we were going only from things I actually own this yeah, year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I 
can't really remember what we've had this year. Um, probably something like the Sensorite set or the Vord set. That's fucking bonkers bananas. That brilliant. might answer another one we've got later, but I thought it might be, yeah. might be that one. I, what else have we had? Merchandise well, it doesn't right. have to be like, like brand new. Like it could just be something you got that's Doctor Who related that's older. Uh, I haven't really got no. anything. No, I've only got new things. I think the oh, the, the only thing I... Re- was the Jungles of Mechanus set this year or was that last year? It was last year. Did you get me the Agador this year? I did. It's the Agador then. Oh, that's nice. Because I do like my Agador. Um, And uh, what Doctor Who thing would you love to have? I would really like, out of the stuff that came out this year, that new Hartnell box. Um, Because I really like the original Unearthly Child TARDIS. Oh, the B&M set. Yeah, Yeah, because I've got got that, and it's my favourite of the toys, TARDIS toys. Um, But I'd really like that new one. I think it looks really cool. It is pretty cool. The weathering on it. Yeah. Anything that you haven't got? <laughs> Anything I haven't got. Uh, what I'd do li- you buy the man who owns <laughs> every bit of Doctor uh, Who? Merch? I'd like Tom Baker to just sit in my house and then I'd just go downstairs for a cup of tea and as I walk past him in the living room, he'd just tell me a little anecdote. Oh, he's alive? Yeah. I thought he might be stuffed or something. <laughs> um, who are your top picks for guests to get on the pod? That's from uh, Macra. Or uh, Jack, as we met at the uh, uh, Pandora convention. Yeah. Um... I mean, I, wouldn't it be amazing to get Tom Baker on it? We would it never, would it would never happen. But would well, I, I don't know. He has done like Zoom stuff, so who knows? Maybe if you've got like a grand free, then more than happy to try and get in contact with his agent. Oh, I don't think he. I don't think he'd want that much. Not these days. He's a nice. He's a gentle old man. He, he's, he'd be all right. Sure. Send, send him a packet of hobnobs. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be all right with that. Um, it would be. It would obviously be a doctor, I guess. I, I mean, I'd love to have. My top individual to have on right now is Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, I'd love Jodie Whittaker to come on because I think that she'd be. I think she'd be great. She'd be good fun, wouldn't she? I think she'd be great to hang out with. I think that. I think that she would be less guarded than a lot of other actors that have played the role. Yeah, and even though it's still so fresh. Yeah, I think that she would just generally just chat about it. Yeah, Um, I think she'd be great. Um, I mean, I probably should say someone like Mandip Gill because I'm madly in love with her. So oh, there's um, that as well. Yeah, yeah you know. he's been enjoying that. Um, that he's been living vicariously. <laughs> <laughs> that dating simulator. That dating simulator. <laughs> I saw, when you sent it to me, I said, Jonathan, they've made a game for me <laughs> where I get to date. Mandip if you've not Gill. heard of it, I think I don't know if, if, if many Doctor Who fans know about it. It's called Five oh. Dates. The sales of this game were skyrocketed after this podcast. Yeah, it's called Five Dates, and you I can virtually date. Mandip's character in, in, in the show, in the game. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Um, if you had to retain one aspect of this current era to run over to RTD2, what would you choose to keep? That's from Patsy. Um, Mandip Gill. Mandip Gill. <laughs> she or Sagan. W- she would have. Oh, Sagan, true. She would have, aside from your, your filthy reason, would have actually been the second thing I would have said. Yeah. The, uh, number one is, is the serialised format. Oh, yeah, true. And then she. And Yaz would yeah. actually be second, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's. I think. I think that what we said still holds water about her character. I still think that she's a great character on screen. I and I, I think that Yaz would be a really great character to mm. hold over to RTD two. Yeah, this is the reason why we're not going to um, America for the big Doctor Who convention. Gallifrey one. Yes, yeah, because Mandip Gill's there and she's got a restraining order on me. So. He's he is acting like he's joking. But he's <laughs> um, as the RTD two era is now on the horizon, what realistic, unrealistic, or just plain ridiculous potential spin-offs would you like to see, Anthony? 
Uh, I know I actually saw this question come up on Twitter, and I, I'm not really fussed about spin-offs. No, uh, spin-offs don't really do it for me. I, I think a straight a straight live action spin-off I'm not too <laughs> fussed about, but I would love to see like a Saturday morning cartoon type thing with like K9. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that would be cool. That'd I think I, I think a live action K9 we know it doesn't work yeah. particularly well. Um, as an ancillary and a side character, yeah. I think K9's great. K9 would, as a cartoon, would mm. be really good because mm. he could zip around and do all the sort of stuff that you can't do with a big, heavy prop. Exactly. You know, Without it, it looking like, well, that's the CGI version yeah, of the prop, and it kind of immediately. Mad. But if it's a cartoon, mm. you can suspend your disbelief and go, oh, okay, you know, he's zooming around, he can exactly. fly around, and he's blasting aliens. The aliens look better because they're cartoons, they're drawn. They can do whatever they want with them. Yeah. I think oh, Doctor Who, good. the stuff that John Granston's been doing, if you haven't seen it on yeah. Twitter, his like early Saturday morning Doctor Who cartoon project yeah. thing. I don't know if how like a thing it actually is, how mm. much of a thing it is, but it's really cool. Yeah. And um, I, I love his designs that he's been posting. Yeah. But it just goes, Doctor Who does work as like a, a, in that format because you're not restricted by even like, can we get like a human in that outfit? It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, like, yeah. You can draw you whatever draw, you want. Yeah, exactly. Really yeah. cool. Um, in, oh, in terms of like actual, a, an actual like a live action one that they would actually do. God, don't I don't know. This is the trouble. I don't want to see Torchwood come back. No. Unless it's like Torchwood back in the day, that might be interesting. Torchwood Bristol. Torchwood Bristol. It's the, it's the Gert Division. We could do that. We could be Torchwood, Torchwood Bristol. Gert Division. Gert Division. Um, <laughs> and oh, there's one of them weevils down in the boat pit. <laughs> oh no, it's just uh, Oomless Crackhead. I mean, to be honest, it would. It, it, it Bristol lends itself to a Torchwood. It does. Torchwood Bristol. We've got. I mean, it's a fantastic city. Mm-hmm. I could, you could get a good story from like aliens living in the harbour side. Yeah. Like sea devils in the harbour side and they're all pissed because people have been chuck cider in the yeah, yeah, yeah. All those people that jump in the harbour that die, yeah. they actually get killed by sea, sea devils. devils. It's not through misadventure. God. Um, yeah, they've got those cameras in the harbour, haven't they? To catch the otters uh, yeah. and they catch a sea devil. Oh. Go, fl- swimming past with his yeah. little flippers. <laughs> with a with a uh, With those plastic can things around its throat. <laughs> Um, have I've just gone in one hand. <laughs> have um, your tastes on Doctor Who and how you analyse it changed since the first review of Death years ago? Yeah. And if they have, in what way? It's from Max. Yeah, I, I think I say for both of us that's. Definitely Do you think we've the case. we've mellowed out? Oh yeah, bloody hell, we're far more mellow um, than we used to be. You know, we were quite vitriolic, I think, once upon a time. Mm. But, you know, well, uh, not in your case. Because people, I'm still like that. Still with, like that. With, with <laughs> but I, I, I genuinely, I, I'd like to talk about it because a lot of people in the comments over the last couple of weeks have said, will there be a review of Death Row? Don't bring him up. Mm. No, obviously not. That, that hasn't happened yet. But, like, because I don't like his Doctor Who yeah. and I do like... Chibnalls, that's a weird argument I don't get in the comments that I've seen. Yeah, I did see it's that. It's like you yeah, can yeah, levy yeah. every complaint you've made about Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who to Chris Chibnall. And it's like, but I actually just like Chris Chibnall's Doctor Who better. Mm. I, I, that, that, it, it might sound nebulous and like a silly thing to say to some people, but genuinely, I just like it better. Yeah. I, like, I like its soul. I think, I, I think it's got a much, a much more pleasant sort of outlook mm. on the Doctor Who universe. Um, it's not as horny. It's certainly not as horny. And 
I, I just, I yeah, I'm sure that I could levy most of those complaints. Yeah, but... that, that is very true, actually. I do not miss that. No. One iota. I mean, I always hated all that, uh, you know, and it's not because I'm, I'm a prude mm. or anything, you know, but it's, it's just... not, You're not saying it in that kind of like, it doesn't have a place in Doctor Who. But it's just like the way that it was done or handled. It was just all the time mm. and it was just over the top. And it was just like, no one speaks like this. No. In real, in real life. No. And if you did, you'd slap a restraining order on him. So, no, yeah, I, I, I do not miss that. And I get that he comes from a, stand, uh, a comedy background, a sitcom background. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's full of gags. But I think gags have a time and a place, especially in something like Doctor Who. Mm. I think a mistimed gag in Doctor Who, it, it, it really it, spoils yeah, the moment. Right. Um, and I think this is why you need a script editor doing an actual script editing job, which we still haven't really seen, I think, from modern Doctor uh, Who. Yeah, as far as we're aware, it doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't well, exist I mean, it in would, the same it, way. It, it, it wouldn't anyway. No. It wouldn't anyway. Yeah. So then I wonder who's... The, 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 the typical job of a script editor to kind of bring everything together and tighten it up and yeah. kind of not be afraid to just have a big black redacted pen and just yeah. go, no. Yeah. I, I think that that <clears throat> is made, made redundant by the fact that you're dealing with an auteur at the head of it. Yeah. Because ultimately, who wants to go into an office and go, that line of dialogue that you've written actually doesn't work. Yeah. And, and you know, <clears throat> that person's being paid the big bucks. They've probably been headhunted, whatever the show is, by that, that channel to make that programme. Yeah. Um, you, nobody wants to be the person to go into the production office on the Monday and go, I've been reading this over the weekend and it's actually shit. You know? <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, if you could write a Doctor Who episode, what would it be about? Uh, One you can pick, bang, off the top of your head. Don't give away your good idea. Oh, Zip. that's it. I've got, I've got many ideas. Um, oh, I've got, I got a good historical. Mm. Um, I don't want to say too much. I got a good historical is about Attila the Hun. And that's all I'll say. Cool. I had one once about uh, doping in <laughs> um, in the Olympic Games. Oh yeah, you told me this. And, you, and yeah. um, they take this thing and they grow gills, and it's like a sea devil type deal. But it, you don't. It doesn't turn up in a piss test or whatever. <laughs> but they just have to like hide their gills. <laughs> That was from Sean. You're, Thank you, Sean. You're pissing sea devil. You're really <laughs> What's going on? Um, now that Doctor Who will, sort of, be taken under the ownership of Sony when oh. RTD makes his return, would you like there to be a movie? And if so, which big name should play Doctor Who? That's from the lovely David Burgess, friend of the show. I wouldn't mind seeing a Doctor Who film. I mean, I would still prefer have the TV Doctor be the Would you want doctor. it to be part of the actual continuity? I think that, I, I think I that mean, it, it's, it's more of a moot point now that everybody's so used to... Multiverses. Oh, that's that. the... Yeah. Know, whatever, everyone. That's the Maguire Spider-Man. That's, that's the, the, you know, and yeah. they all get rebooted yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think people know. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, people aren't so weird about that stuff mm. anymore. Yeah, all right. Um, the time to do it would be the 60th. It that would, would be yeah. the time to do it. I don't know. There's some... I don't know. There's a lot of good actors that I would think make make good film doctors. Hugh Grant would be a good film doctor. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson would be a good film doctor. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, another American actress. Uh, 
Anderson. Gillian Anderson would be a very good. I mean, she'd be a TV doctor. She'd just yes. be a good doctor. Um, obviously, my pick, um, Natasha Lyonne. She'd be a good doctor. Um, I suppose it's is it a different person you're looking for in terms of the way what they would bring to it for a big screen version? Yeah, I guess that's it, isn't it? You want like a big name, mm. you know? You'd want like David Bowie, but he's dead. Um, oh, that'd be amazing. You'd have been a great film doctor. Um, Donald Glover. Donald Glover would have been a good doctor. Uh, oh, he's still alive, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, James McAvoy. I was just either him or you and McGregor. Yeah. They'd both be good. They'd both be good, yeah. James McAvoy would be interesting to see. Yeah, I like James McAvoy. He was very good as Professor, Professor X. Yeah. And, and he was fantastic in Split. Yeah, so be, yeah, be, I actually saw that movie. He'd yeah. be a good, he'd be a good Doctor. Um, what is your earliest Doctor Who memory? Not necessarily your first episode, but your first exposure to it. Thank you, Snowballs on the Sofa. I assume that's a festive variation of your Twitter name, but it's all I had to go off of. Uh, ooh, my earliest Doctor Who memory. I mean, my earliest memory is hiding under the kitchen table or seeing the Master's face in The Deadly Assassin. That's my earliest Doctor Who memory. Um, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, it is a good one, isn't it? Mm. Um, I don't, yeah, that's that's. Because when we did the Wilderness Years video, you kind of said, oh, I, I, I feel a bit sad because I don't have like a moment. Yeah, I, 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 I I've spoken about it a lot. Yeah. But like, you, you said like, I don't have like that one defining thing where no, I was like, I, oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't that. have that. Like, I can't remember the first time Doctor Who was put on and I yeah. was like, whoa, what's this? Yeah. You know, because I was, you know, in my nappy shitting mm. myself. So, mm. you know. <laughs> Oh sweet! <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't have that. It's always been around, but I do remember the first time seeing the master's face and thinking, "That's horrible. Mm. I'm scared." Um, That's a presiding memory from my dad as well. That what, scared the shit out. Was it seeing the you scared under it, yeah. like, looking through the window. Um, of oh yeah, the master's face in the clock. In, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's really weird actually because my dad's mate. Um, was a bit of a closet Doctor Who fan, mm. and he didn't really like to. Yeah, I think he was, but you know, he worked with builders and stuff, so you know, it's not the sort of thing you talk about. Doesn't turn up in his it car so, to yeah, work. Yeah, and I guess you know they must have got talking about. You know, I've got two sons who are mad on mm. Doctor Who, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I, you know, I like Doctor Who a bit." Blah, blah, blah. He said, "Oh, can you remember that one when uh, the Master was like had a burnt face and he was all like that? Yeah. Must have had an impact on a yeah. big generation of." And we were like, "What the Deadly Assassin?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." My mum had a moment the other day mm. where she came out with a bit of Doctor Who trivia, trivia, or like a reference to something from Doctor Who, and we were like, "Shit, what's up, mother?" But, but yeah, but but look, our mothers have no they can't escape it no that's it like it's just constantly on yeah it's just there you know I can't remember which one it was but it was it was an old it was a classic Doctor Who thing yeah and she was like oh that's like that Doctor Who with the blah 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 and you're like whoa well, well done Pauline <laughs> give mothers more credit yeah in general um, it's DWWE Doctor Who Wrestling Entertainment who's winning from these matchups <laughs> right Slavine versus Famasi Slavine, they got massive claws. Do them in instantly. Ood versus Sensorite. I'd say the Ood. Well, the Sensorite would walk into the arena and go, fucking hell! Oh, well, Pyro going off around it, his head would burst. Um, so that's a no contest. That's, yeah. that's a, 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 yeah. And then Davros versus Max Capricorn. Oh, Davros, any day. I love that one. Max Capricorn. And um, one Stenza versus one Sontaran. Sontaran! But I think we should say... I don't think they're allowed their weapons in that in that fight. Okay, I'd still say some Tarans. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think 
there'd, uh, there'd be a run-in from a Rutan. Right. And they'd hit him on the back of the probic vent. Yeah. You could do it two ways. Either the ref's back is turned, yeah. and then the Stenzer gets the cheeky pin, or the ref sees it, double DQ. <laughs> I was just about to say, I guess if you're a Stenzer, and you know, you're much taller, you just need to get, you I, just need to wrap your arm around and <laughs> stick a finger in. In the probic vent. <laughs> yeah, you just need to wrap your hand around do you and think their stick a finger get in. Do stamp and... when they get excited? <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> Thank you, Dalekian, for that question. Greatly appreciated. Uh, um, what is your favourite Doctor Who song? I'm talking about the likes of Doctor in the TARDIS, yeah. Doctor in Distress. That's from Actually Alice. Uh, the one that Roberta Tovey sang. Who's Doctor Who? It could be Mars or Venus, but wherever he you may go, he'll always be a friend of mine. Who? Doctor Who. That's good. Um, I want to spend my Christmas with the Dalek is obviously legendary. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to do that one because the voice is crazy. Um, obviously, it's Orbital. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think that's my answer. I mean, does that count? Because that's just a variation of the theme tune, isn't it? Yeah, but it's on a CD. It's, 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 it's a band, you know. <laughs> True. Uh, or um, Matt Berry's version of the theme. Oh, that's that, cool. That's, that's good. Yeah. Um, but like a proper Doctor Who song. Doctor like, mm. um, in the TARDIS is Doctrine a Doctor in the TARDIS is a good song. I hear that just generally sometimes, just out and about. Really? Yeah, coming out of like shops and stuff. Doctor or, or, in the TARDIS? What, what are like the sample that it's based on? Because it's, oh, it's uh, KLF, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's Gary Glitter, it wasn't it, originally? Oh, Rock Jesus. and roll. Stop it! Uh, Matt, if you, were given the <laughs> if you were given the choice to have one of your action figure stories adapted for the television series, Ooh. which one would you choose? That's from Brony Dan. Oh my God. Um, We've got the bronies on side, we're good. Yeah, adapted for the TV series. Oh shit, I wish I'd have known about this one in advance, so I would have thought about it. Um, is there one that I'm particularly proud of? I'm uh, trying to think of... Um, it's been so long, I can't remember what I made. Yeah. Uh, I like your, your Weeping Angel one with Matt Smith was good. I do like that one, yeah, that was good. Cybermen and the Weeping Angels. <clears throat> and the, all, all, all the Eighth Doctor stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, the Doctor stuff was was good. I did enjoy that. And I still think that your your Sontaran one with the Fourth Doctor is very good. Oh, thank you. I do like that one as well. Oh, there, there you are. There's a few. There's a few to pick from. Uh, for Billy, <coughs> what is your favourite aspect of Moffat's Who? And for <laughs> Matt, what's your favourite aspect of Chipnell's Who? Okay. I, I, I can find that. Mandip Gill. <laughs> Mandip Gill. There we go. Um, uh, Karen Gillan. Um, do you think it's a fan oh, no, base? Jenna Coleman. The Doctor. Karen Gillan. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm a Jenna Coleman man. So that was really <laughs> quite an unpleasant conversation to listen into <laughs> that. Um, wow. I would like to say I like the fact that I know that, that everybody takes the piss out of the whole oh, it's doing, a movie. We're, we're I'm doing, doing it different answers, yeah. so right. Yeah, because I've got to erase that from my head. Um, I like the, the, the whole thing of it's a movie every week. Right, yeah. Insofar as you get a couple of like really impressive set pieces. Yeah. And I don't think you get that as much. I think that the, the, you know, big set pieces that are a bit moffaty that I can think of from the Chibnall era is like the gravity bar stuff. Um, but you, oh, yeah. you get that once in a blue moon. But I can think of, you know, a couple of different moments um, in the show, like racing down corridors or extended sequences of sort of like ships getting into alignment or all yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff. I can think of a couple of set pieces from the show that I'm like, I think Stephen Moffat's one probably does those better. Okay. 
Um, Chris Chibnall. Uh, classic Monsters. Use of Classic Monsters. He's good. He, mm. d- he does it ever so well. He, he really does do a good job with the old monsters. So, yeah. Um, do you think, as a fan base, the Doctor Who community has a greater appreciation... Oh, so that was from Thomas, that last one. Do you think, uh, as a fan base, the Doctor Who community has a greater appreciation slash fondness for the Sarah Jane Adventures or Torchwood? Which one would you instantly watch if you had to? I think the Torchwood one is a difficult one because, obviously, yeah. it, I, I don't want to watch it for the reason of, the, you know, the, the main star in it. Yeah. I don't really want to see their face on anything. Um, <clears throat> but... I think I'd probably sooner put on an episode of Torchwood than an episode of Sarah Jane. I was literally going to say the same thing. Mm. Um, just because I, I really enjoyed Torchwood at the time. Yeah. Especially when it was like series six of Doctor Who was on. Mm. And I was not enjoying Doctor Who. But I was watching Torchwood and thinking, damn, this is good. I'm enjoying this. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 and Sarah Jane Adventures, I think, was just a little bit too young yeah. for me at that point. I was just a little bit too old to enjoy I think it. that a lot of people who are younger than us probably would mull over that more or mm. pick Sarah Jane over Torchwood. Yeah. Um, if I was maybe two years younger, yeah. I could see myself preferring yeah. Sarah Jane over Torchwood. I, I think there's, you know, that those teenage years of, you know, I'm too, I'm of an age where I can't appreciate this because it's for children, but I was too young to be it doesn't matter that yeah. I'm this age. I can watch it if it's for kids who gives yeah. a shit. Yeah. You know? They, I think you... Uh, every It happens to all teenagers. Mm. I, I've seen so many older fans say the exact same thing, that you get to your teenage years and you rip the shit out of Doctor Who, like we did. Yeah. And then you get older and you mellow and you're like, ah, you know what? I'm, I, I'm more like that with the Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. Um, hence when we watched it. Yeah. You know, I felt a bit more sort of like, yeah, like, this is fun. Yeah. And you're less vitriolic towards it. I think that, sadly, I think Torchwood has just, for the, you know, foreseeable future, um, is is blighted mm. by having John Barrowman in the cast. It's just a trouble, isn't it? And I I can't really watch it because I didn't have the same emotional attachment to Jack that a lot of other people did. <laughs> no. And I I kind of feel like you know when it turned out that J.K. Rowling was a turf, it was like. Oh, that's gutting for yeah. a lot of people that really like Harry Potter. Yeah. I read Harry Potter as a kid and I watched all the movies and I loved Harry Potter. I grew up with it, but I wasn't that gutted, probably because it didn't affect me personally yeah. in that same way. But with John Barrowman, obviously, it's a lot closer to home because it's Doctor Who. Yeah. But I still didn't have that affinity for Captain Jack as a character. No. Um, because I was probably too young. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm gutted that there's a large portion of Doctor Who not just for, because of Jack, uh, uh, John Barrowman, but also because of Noel Clarke, of course, that yes. I just feel like it's, a, again, big redacted sort of black pen through it. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. I don't think I can go near that for a bit. Yeah. Certainly not Torchwood. Because no. he's, I mean, he's, he's in every episode. Yeah. God, I've forgotten about Noel Clarke. I'd forgotten Noel Clarke existed. And now Chris Noth. And now Chris Noth, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a shame, because I actually really liked his character in both of those mm. stories. Mm. Um, this is the trouble. I think, you know... Gutted for the production yeah. team if he's in either of the Daleks. No, he won't be in No? That. I don't think so, no. At um, least that would be the trilogy completed, though. Yeah. If the Daleks are in it again. Well, no, he wasn't in the first Dalek one anyway. No, he wasn't, um, was he? Oh, yeah, true. Thank you for that question, though, Susanna. Yeah. Um, first, B&M set of the year. Uh, B&M set of the year or... It's either the Sensorites or the Vord one. 
because they were bloody good. Mm. You have to pick one. I have to pick one. The house is burning down. Uh, oh, the Sensorites. I like those Sensorite boys. I'm sorry. I would have. I would have picked the Vord. Yeah, I, I would... just think I like. I think their design is cool anyway. Yeah. But you know, that's the one I'd prefer to have on my yeah. shelf. I mean, you get an Ian in that one as well, don't you? True. That's the other thing. Whereas, you know, I um, can take or leave that Hartnell. What would you like the console room to look like after Jody? Um. Joe Martin's really nice one. Yeah, <laughs> that with a with a taller console rotor with a t- taller time rotor. Yeah, and maybe a slightly larger room. I saw a concept for one years ago, and I can't remember where it is. Yeah, I know the one. And it's like th- th- those bits of the corridor, and it's like that's the lab. Yeah, that's a bit of the library. And I, I always thought that was a really cool layout for yeah. the artists. I think I'd rather it be like Matt Smith's second one, mm. where it's just like. It looks like a time machine. It feels like this is a TARDIS you can take into time and space. Yeah. Rather than the kind of junkyard yeah. type vibe. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over get, that. Get, yeah, get get rid of all that because you grow in this and cobble together that. You know, just have it as a machine. I think that the only time that I've liked that grown thing is with uh, uh, Eccleston Tennant TARDIS. Mm, yeah. Which is why when it does come back, it does feel like a, oh, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, uh, I was just thinking. Then imagine, imagine in like twenty years' time, Matt Smith comes back and does uh, you know a multi-doctor story. How are they going to replicate his first year console room? That would be impossible to rebuild, yeah, wouldn't it? Could, without without that it, having like you, a movie yeah. budget. Is that, is that in like a skip somewhere? It's probably in bits, isn't it? Yeah. But I just think erecting it would be yeah, crazy. We just couldn't do it. No green screen stuff, I guess. I just don't bother. And the third question in this batch from Lay is: uh, name one character slash monster slash alien that you are dying to see as part of the character options figure range. Oh, okay. Is uh, there anything left? Oh yeah, I want a 70s Silurian. Oh yeah, true. I really want a, or like an Ogron or a Draconian. An Ogron would be cool. Yeah. Um, I think I want, I like those ones that are like the, I don't know, you, you used to use the word a lot, the kind of resin ones, like the- um, Oh, <coughs> the uh, COVID. The, <laughs> the, uh, the Rotocast. Rotocast. Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like um, a war machine like that. That'd be cool. That would I'd be love really a war cool. machine, yeah. Um, I, just, I want something that's a bit more substantial Big. on the shelf. Yeah. I, you know, like I, I don't really, I don't buy the action figures anymore. I haven't done it since the sort of series it's, six it's range. He's got a girlfriend and this. She doesn't let me. She, so I, I've, got, <laughs> I've got a Jodie, I've got the Mechanus, Jungles of Mechanus Daleks. I've got the Agador that you bought me. And that's it in terms of like merch in the house and a, a TARDIS tin from the 70s. Um, so if I was to get anything else, it would have to be like a mantelpiece sized thing. Right, yeah. To, you know, um, it would be gun. <laughs> a Cyberman gun. Oh, a Cyberman gun, obviously. I'm, that's, that's like top tier for me, is all, all I want. That and maybe a McGann TARDIS. Yeah. McGann box, box yeah. is kind of all that I, I really want. I'd be interested to see how they do the paint job on that as well because it's. It's like a funny in some, colour. In some yeah. shots it's purple, and yeah. then in some shots it's like a really bright blue, like yeah. a lighter kind of blue than you'd expect. Yeah, it's a weird colour. Um, if Doctor Who could have crossover episodes like RTD wanted way back in 2005, what franchises would you like to see uh, meet our time traveller? Personally, I'd stick with Russell's choice and have the TARDIS land aboard the Enterprise. I mean, I've again, I've never really liked the idea of crossing over with other things. Red Dwarf has always been one. Yeah, that would be great. You know, they're both British and they're mm. both ch- cheap and cheerful. So I think the crossover would work. Um, also, I guess just because I'm a Star Wars fan, Star yeah. Wars. I 
I think that the the best Doctor Who crossover that never happened was the Blake Seven one. Yeah. Where oh, yeah, at the yeah, end of yes. which episode is it? It's the second or third episode. Yeah. And the bulkhead doors would have blown open and Blake and the crew are standing there and then Daleks glide out and it would have been like, whoa! Yeah. That would have been when awesome. When I watched that episode of Blake 7, I was like, oh. I can see why can that would have been awesome. I can see it would come in and it would have been so cool and instead you get like, oh, there's an, the aliens are coming and then the, the next episode is like, well, we, we defeat the aliens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's gutting that it didn't happen. Um, that's, that was a, a question from sci-fi photography. Beyond that, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't really like other... I don't like Star Wars too much. No. Star Trek. Although yeah, I'd, like to, I'd like to get into it. Um, the, the last TV show that I watched that I kind of binged um, was Lost. And I think that a police box ending up on the island yeah. is not really as batshit as the other <laughs> stuff that happened on the show. Yeah. So I think that would be interesting. And it's all, you know, that's kind of about time travel and electromagnetism and all that kind of stuff. So mm. it, it, you could spin an interesting story out of that. Um, what is the most memorable experience of recording Rod over the years? I know the long epic episode in the dark outside we mentioned <laughs> recently. Thank you, Connor. Um, oh. That, I mean, us hearing somebody in the house where nobody was in the house was weird. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know if I ever isolated that clip, but there was a, yeah. we were recording at mine, I can't remember what the, maybe it was for the um, Christmas Invasion one. Oh, maybe. I think I was, I, I, God, I was probably vaping at the time, it was probably that far back. Right. And we were chatting, nobody was in the house, and then somebody cleared their throat in the room next to us, and it was like... That was so bizarre, And I got because yeah. we both looked at each other, it was like, oh, the dad's back then, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, I got yeah. out, and he hadn't come back, his car wasn't outside. But somebody very audibly cleared their throat in the room next door. I don't believe in ghosts or anything like that. I am interested in it. Mm. I've just discovered Pluto TV. Oh, yeah. And they've got a 24-hour Most Haunted channel. <laughs> it's nonsense. And I'm sat there watching it going, come on, this yeah. is dreadful. But it's, it's entertaining. It's good fun. Um, but that was, it. that was weird. That was odd. Um, obviously, filming in the dark. Filming in the dark was a good one. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've had some, like... We've had some like moments of like complete hysteria over this stuff. I think I, um, one that hasn't seen the light of day, and the footage is is on my computer, is when we tried to recreate a couple of scenes from Doctor Who, <laughs> yeah. including Johnny hanging off the banister in his full silver outfit to do the um, yeah. cliffhanger to Dragon Dragonfire. <laughs> that was good fun. We should uh, see if we can dig that out. Maybe that'll be a Patreon, Patreon thing. Yeah. Um, as somebody who also became a fan during the wilderness years, I think this has given me a vastly different outlook on the show compared with both older and younger fans. Is this something you'd agree with and how do you think this has affected your opinions? I guess we'd agree with that, but yeah. like, how exactly does it affect our opinions, do you think? Because I think, <sighs> obviously, depending on who you watch on YouTube doing Doctor Who stuff, like yeah. I, don't, I don't watch any other Doctor Who YouTubers. I watch the odd Mr. Tardis, but I don't yeah. watch any other kind of YouTube stuff. Mainly not, now because I Josh oh no when stuff. Josh when Josh uploads yeah, yeah but like I I don't I mean yeah, I tend not to really on the whole I didn't I I certainly didn't during Flux because I didn't want that to colour my opinion of anything no, that was coming yes. out that yeah, we were yeah, doing yeah. Um, but I think that people come to watch us not just because we get on on camera but yeah. I think it's because we come from that Wilderness Years era yeah and so we've got a different perspective but what exactly about that affects our opinions. Like, what what have we got that other people don't, in our opinions? I don't know. I think we were just sort of like, we've got this sort of weird, like, we're, 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 
we're young, but we've got the opinions of older fans. Of 60-year-olds. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is strange, you know, and I guess, you know, obviously for older fans, they will have their own particular eras of classic Doctor Who that they grew up with and watched mm. a lot or whatever. And I guess for us, we didn't really have that so much because you could just pretty much watch whatever you wanted. Right. So, you know, we just got all of it in one mm. hit. Um, Although, the like... That's not to say that we, you don't have, like, your favourites. You know, I obviously, I like Tom, yeah. Tom yeah, and yeah, John's yeah. Okay. era. Yeah, um, true. But, um, yeah... Yeah, it's like we're we we're young, but mm. we're old, like Matt I, Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've also got that weird thing where we know what it's like to be without Doctor Who, not to the same degree as somebody who went through the cancellation and was a fan in 1990. Yeah. It was like, oh, right. So there's no my my favorite program isn't on telly anymore. Yeah, we haven't gone through that. No, yet. Yeah, um, but. Yeah. I, I think that we have that with where we appreciate that and we understand like what it was like to and you understand it more than me being older what it's like to go for ages without your Doctor Who or whatever. yeah yeah but also you know with the expanded media yeah we're, and the, and the VHSs and we, we've got a nostalgia towards something that I think people find interesting because they weren't born at yeah, that time yeah yeah you know. Hey, Chris Chapman, if you're going to do a Wilderness Years box set, get us kids on there. We, we, we lived it. Um, and a totally Doctor Who one. And a totally Doctor Who one, yeah. Um, series 2, the collection. I'll corner him in the pub next time. Before yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I think that's it, isn't it? You know, we, yeah, we understand what it's like for it not to be on the TV. But we have this sort of understanding of like, this is never going to come back. Mm. And then for it to suddenly be back is so weird. Like, I still can't quite get to grips with it. I know. You know, the fact that we've had, I think there's, has it almost been like as much new series Doctor Who as there was classic almost. Doctor Who? And it's like, what? That's, that's mad. Like, when, you, when you think, so where are we in the original chronology? So yeah, like, yeah. we're like midway through like Tom's run. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's crazy. It's bonkers. Um, yeah, and I still can't quite believe that we've got it back. And I'm sure that's the case for a lot of fans mm. who grew up with the old series or, you know, our wilderness years, babies. Yeah. Like we were. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think part of it is, there's, there's like that, you know, that kind of lost media thing. Mm. I think that people view the wilderness years much like that because it's so dense. Yeah. I, and it's all there for you to explore unless, you know, Lungbarrow goes out of print and it's, you know, however much it is on eBay. Yeah. There's, there's the lost media or the did it happen, almost happen, not really of the wilderness years, I think has a, a big pull. Yeah. It's very, it's very alluring. Yeah. And I think people want to know what it's like to not have Doctor Who around, like growing up as a fan. Yeah, I guess that's it. Like now you can just watch anything whenever you want to watch mm. it anywhere. Yeah. You know, but for us it was like, well until they show this episode of Doctor Who on UK Gold in a few months' time. And my grandparents tape it. Yeah, we're not going to watch it. Or, you know, unless we find a video of it somewhere Mm. in WH Smith. But then on top of that, it's like we've got the proto version of what a lot of people were growing up with in the 70s. We've got the benefit of tape recorders are now now available to the public and they've come down in price enough by the late 90s that basically everybody's got one. Everybody can afford to get a blank cassette and whack it in. So... We've got the modern luxury that mm. the other fans didn't, yeah. but it's still working on such an ancient principle of only on once, yeah. and the streaming service obviously doesn't exist. No. Um, 
it, yeah, I think it's it's a kind of a weird middle ground where we understand like the fan base now, yeah, and the Twitter thing, and yeah. you know the way that fans can react to certain things. Mm. But then we also get the side of it of the kind of old heads, yeah, you know, like that excitement of like going into WH Smiths or Forbidden Planet and seeing a VHS that you know you didn't know was out or you know it's the amount of times I remember we were looking for birthday presents for my brother mm. went to Forbidden Planet and what did they have the rescue the Romans mm. and the keys of Marinus and I said mum we've got to get these because yeah. we don't we didn't even know that they were out on yeah. video we've not seen these stories before Johnny will love it and yeah it's, that's just so cool to think oh you're going to watch a, a new Doctor Who I've got very fond memories of at sixth form going into the Asda on East Street yeah. and buying the new DVD yeah. on the day of release. I'd go in before sixth form started to see if it was in early, and then I'd have it in my bag all day, and then I'd wait until I get home and just, like... I, sometimes I'd take it out of the cellophane while I was in school <laughs> just to, like, look at it and look at the disc. Get the smell. <laughs> the smell of a new to-entertain DVD. Oh, you can't beat it. <laughs> uh, that's, like, my target book, like, crack, like, mm. smell, you know. And um, I think... I, I think ahead to like what future fans will be like when we're on like to the 97th Doctor and people are complaining because their hair's blue. I <laughs> think that it's going to be weird thinking young fans in the future are going to be like, you have to go into, into like yeah. Asda and buy a disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, yeah. it scares me how that's so antiquated now. Yeah. Like kids I can't DVDs actually these remember days. the last time I went into a shop and bought a piece of physical media in a shop. I still do it for albums. Yeah. Because and and actually Avengers has just been taken off of Britbox. Yeah, I heard about that. So now everyone's like, well now I've got to buy the box set. Yeah. So, well, that's why physical media is still so important. Yeah. I don't think you can underestimate yeah. that sort of People stuff. People think I'm bonkers <laughs> that I have everything on physical media, but this is exactly why because you'll think it's bonkers until that thing you really really like is bought by Disney and yeah. then it goes off of whatever streaming service you were on and then you're not on Disney and yeah. then you're like, well I can't watch it anymore. Star Trek, this, uh, what, that new Star Trek. Yeah, that was just an old disappeared, cop-up, wasn't it? And nobody in the UK could watch the finale or something. Oh, yeah, something like, like that. that or the new series. Yeah. And I know that Obviously, that's like new and broadcasting. Yeah. But this, the, it's still the same principle. It's the same thing. You know, my worry is like with stuff like The Mandalorian. Mm. Like as a Star Wars fan, Mandalorian is like one of the best things that's mm. come out of Star Wars since Disney took over. Yeah. And it's like, well, if something happens and Disney Plus just finishes, mm. how am I going to watch this? Yeah. You because know? it doesn't come out on physical media. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, I want the Blu-ray. I want the thing with all the special features and all the stuff. Which is funny because when I go into like an Asda and I, I see like a box set for Stranger Things, yeah. I think you're fleecing people. Yeah. That's like 40 quid for a box set that I can just watch for my 5.99 wow, or whatever. Wow, 40 quid is or, bonkers, or, or isn't it? Or whatever it is. You know, like a Blu-ray set. Yeah, a yeah, Blu-ray yeah. set of every episode of Stranger yeah. Things would be about 40, 50 quid yeah. in HMV. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, yeah, what, what happens when the streaming bubble bursts? Yeah, And yeah, yeah. everyone's suddenly like... Yeah. Right. It got mentioned the other day, actually. Um, have you watched Midnight Mass on Netflix? No. It's a really good horror series. And the director, Mike Flanagan, was asked, like, oh, is this ever going to come out on Blu-ray? And, like, I'd love to watch it in 4K. And he's like, well, no, but I have been talking to Netflix about how important it is to get this stuff out yeah. on physical media because of this very reason. Mm. But I guess, you know, these media companies are going to be like, well, you know, streaming is our bread and butter. Why would we do that? To bring this round to Doctor Who, would you like to see future seasons of Doctor Who released all in one go on iPlayer? No. Okay. Not at all. And I think this is one of the things that I love with Disney Plus 
it's that week on week thing. It gives me something to look forward to. I know, oh, Wednesday morning, yeah. it's a new episode of Hawkeye. It's yeah. a new episode of Boba Fett. It's, yeah. you know, um, and I know that at the end, I'm like, oh, what a cliffhanger. Yeah. But I got to wait till next week. And yeah. that's the fun. And it's yeah. the same with Flux. How good was all the, all the cliffhangers from I Flux? Think, I think some, I saw somebody say this on Twitter the other day. It's like, you know, streaming services shouldn't just be every episode goes out at once. That shouldn't be your default. Yeah. Unless it serves the thing that you're making. Yeah. Some shows work better, you know, being able to binge watch it. Yeah. Some work better watching it week on week. Doctor Who, really, up until Flux, I think you probably could have got away with just releasing every episode in one go because yeah. it's not like the week to week get out yeah. of that one cliffhanger actually no. mattered until Flux came around. No. And now it suddenly does again. It's yeah. suddenly part of the viewing experience. Yeah. Shit, what happens next week? Yeah, I guess the only issue you would have had with Doctor Who would have been oh, this big thing from the finale is well, yeah, but then spoiled immediately. Uh, but, that's, but, then but that's it. When you have a big franchise, you know, like, something like, like what, what big TV shows that people would be like, oh, I got that spoiled, have come out in one go? Like, didn't like break, all of Breaking Bad come out in one go or, or the, the last season? Oh, maybe, yeah. I can't, I can't remember, but there, there, lots of shows have just dropped everything in one go and then you see on Twitter within days yeah. or hours. yeah. That someone's posted something from the finale. Yeah. And it makes it impossible to interact with it in real time, the mm. way people are reacting to things, because some people are six That's, episodes ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You work a normal job, and I can only really watch an episode a night, if that. Yeah. So th- then you're, you know, it's, it's a worse experience for everybody. I think yeah. that week to week thing just does generally work better. Yeah. But there we go. Um, thank you very much, Richard, for that question. That's yeah, I, would hate, I would have hated to have had Flux and just gone, right, well, six hours, I'm going to watch all of Doctor Who, yeah. and that's it. Oh, well, because I waited all year for this. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying this in a kind of, you know, um, excusing it or whatever, but when you come around to the finale, yeah. wouldn't you have hated to have watched all those episodes and then you're halfway through and somebody goes, I finished it, it's not really worth it. Yeah. You know, how shit would that be? Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, I don't really watch a lot of streaming services, but I'm, uh, shows like that, but I'm sure a lot of people have experienced stuff like that where they've just been really excited for something to happen yeah. and then somebody's got a couple of episodes ahead and then basically said, don't bother. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what a waste of time. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then the final question, with rumours... I didn't hear this before, indicating that the second twenty second, the second twenty twenty two special will revolve around nineteenth century Chinese pirates. Are there any underrepresented or recently discussed parts of, or rarely discussed parts of history that you'd want to see tackled in an episode of Doctor Who? Thank you, Mister Tardis. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, you don't really see anything sort of Middle Eastern no, in Doctor Who, you know. No. And if you do, it's sort of like a hey, look, we're glow popping. His, yeah. his a companion wearing like a headscarf or something for yeah, 30 like, seconds. Doctor Who's never really sort of done anything in like Japan with like samurai or anything like that. Or Fugal Japan, Fugal would, be Japan really would be cool. really cool. I mean, they've done it on Big Finish, mm. but you know, as, as, not the same. It's like, not the same, is it? You know, it would be good to see it done properly mm. and you know, how pretty it would look. Mm. Um, yeah, something like that would be really cool, like the building of the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Like, the Great Wall of China is how Keep, is keeping it? something at bay. Yeah, you know, it's a big dragon. Yeah, yeah, there's a big dragon underneath the Great Wall of China. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, oh, fuck, I've just given someone a story idea. Um, um, you know, something like that. I, anything sort of 
it feels like there's kind of like a line drawn. If you look at a big map when it's all kind of like folded out, yeah. Because um, of course we know the Earth is flat, but when <laughs> when you look at it kind of like stretched out, yeah, it's like okay, you've got you've got America, 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 America. Then you've got the ocean. Then you've got uh, you know Great Britain, bit of Europe, and then that bit sort of like Russia on, yeah, doesn't really exist in yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah, like nothing from the Pacific Islands, nothing in India really, yeah. apart from Demons of the Punjab. Which is why when they do stories of like that, you're like, what oh, a breath of fresh yeah. air. Yeah, yeah. Ever done a Doctor Who in Russia? Uh, some of the audios have, but not on telly, have we? I think that. Yeah, like Pacific Islands as well. So, I mean, obviously I'm going to be biased, but like Antipodean, sort of like Australia, New Zealand, like the landscapes there. Yeah, yeah, why, yeah. Why would you not get on? I mean, budget, obviously. But if you could, yeah. and Peter Jackson is offering, like he was before, yeah. like just go, like, let's go and shoot, you know, a couple of weeks in New Zealand and use all these amazing places. And yeah. actually say it's New Zealand as well, not just go there and say it's, you know, this is Scaro or whatever. Like embrace it's Embrace the, yeah, the actual different places. history and culture <clears throat> of the place, yeah. South yeah, America? There's... Sorry? South America? South America. Yeah, there's so many places mm. that they could do really good stories with. Mm. Yeah, when you think about it, South America. When was the last time we went there? The Aztecs. Well, that was a load of white what? old men. Wasn't, uh, it's, it's part of, um, I mean, I'm just thinking of his accent, but it's, not, it's part of um, Enemy of the World not set in South America. Oh, yes, Enemy of the World. Okay, yeah. Again, white bloke painted, yeah. <laughs> painted up. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it would be so refreshing to have a story you know, set with these actual people, you know, yeah. playing these parts. That's and, and the glow popping thing that you get with Chibnall, that's something I, I do I do also like, is that when a caption comes up, hmm. it's like, oh, they've gone to the Dalek facility in Japan yeah. or whatever. And it's just like, it isn't in Rotherham or it isn't in Cardiff <laughs> or it isn't in London or whatever. Like, they've, they, and it obviously isn't Japan. Konnichiwa, Dr. Sun. <laughs> <laughs> what Davros is going to say yeah. when he comes out. <laughs> they haven't, like... They've just like, that's just what it is. It's, and it's not gimmicked, it's not like hyped up. It's just like we're in a different country now. Like, yeah. Because yeah. we can travel you know, in time and space. Like, I'm thinking of Russia, like you could do a story with Rasputin. Rasputin mm. is a mad old bastard. Mm. You know, who was he? Or he yeah. was a bloody alien or something. What, what? You know, That'd come be on. cool. Really cool. There are. That's my pitch, Russell. There's our pitch for you there. I've got a story. Rasputin, he's a mad old bastard. And Attila the Hun, apparently, as well. Attila the Hun, yeah. There we go. That's got a classic monster in it as well. Oh, la la. Mm, Well, I think that brings our Christmas special to a close. close. Um, I suppose, you know, massive thank yous to everybody that supported the Review of Death through 2021. Yeah. Um, either monetarily through like Patreon or just through your comments and your likes and your views and your sharing online. Yeah. It's been amazing. Yeah. Um, this past year has been great for the, the review of death. Um, and it's kind of, it's kept me buoyant in the last half of the year. Yeah. Like knowing, oh, I get to come in on like a Wednesday or a Friday or whatever and shoot this. Like it's been so much fun. Um, I think it's what we needed, didn't we really? Because, mm. you know, with lockdown and stuff, it was very hard to feel... Mm you know, to, to record anything. Mm. And, you know, it's not the same doing it over Zoom. And yeah, it's just, it, yeah, I think we needed, a, it was a good shot in the arm for both of us. Nice little refresh. Yeah. So, 2022. So we are going to do Eve of the Daleks as a review. Of course, yeah. Uh, it will be... A, I think you said Evil of the Daleks. I was like, we've done that one. We've done, we've done that one. Uh, it will be a couple of days after the episode goes out obviously yeah because uh, the office isn't open no um but we'll we'll get it out as soon as possible yeah then 
there's a few things we need to tick off our list of things to do. We need to do our cliffhanger episode. Yeah, so I mentioned Finally. that. Finally. Yeah. We need to do our class review. Oh, God. Courtesy of the 40 oh. patrons when we hit 40 on Patreon. God, oh, And we also need to do our award show. We need to do that. We need and to do the Roddies. We also need to do Galaxy 4. We do need to do Galaxy 4. Yeah. So I've got that down as, 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 a, as a Christmas present, so hopefully I can watch that over. Father Christmas will hopefully deliver um, you Galaxy 4, a sentence that no one has ever said. Deliver unto us Dravens. Um, hopefully, yes. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, and, and then we'll see what kind of happens from there. Mm. Um, I'm going into a very, very heavy job uh, kind of schedule at the start of January, or well, basically January till March. Yeah. So... It's you know it may not be fortnightly. I, I can pretty much say. I mean, at least at the start. Yeah, it's it, going to be. We're not going to be able to do fortnightly even, um, but we'll get it out as often as we can. Um, I think as well <clears throat> because it's easier for us to do uh, using the the Discord a lot more. Yeah. For sort of this like general chat. So you know if if you guys want to become part of the of the review of death Discord, yeah. Then we'll try and do a lot more stuff in there in terms of sort of like just general. Chatting and asking about. asking about reacting to the Doctor Who news that we yeah. can't sort of get into the studio to record. Yeah, because, that's a good idea. You know, I'm yeah, sure we'll because, know yeah. more about the, the the second two specials to happen next year. Yeah, at the end of Evil of the uh, Eve of the Daleks. <laughs> um, but we'll just have to play it by ear and just yeah see kind of what happens really. But uh, again. Thank you all so much for your support through 2021. It's been amazing. Yeah. Um, we're really happy with this. We're really yeah. proud of what we've done. And we hope that you guys continue sort of with us as we head into 2022. Where, as I said, I, I, we'll get a Doctor Who on. Yeah. We'll get guests anyway. Yeah. But by, the, by this time next year, Matthew, yeah. we would have had a bona fide Doctor Who on this podcast. I'm saying it now. I'm laying down the gauntlet. Okay. I'll have to give him a ring. See if he's still interested, but yeah. we'll 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 see. Let's get Paul McGann on. He's I can he's bet, only around the corner. I, I, I know where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> There's the restraining order again. <laughs> there he is. Uh, you do your sign off because I, I feel like uh, I've yeah. taken the uh, sign if off. If anyone knows Mandip Gill and wants to, put, <laughs> no, uh, put no, no, use it as an excuse to get your leg <laughs> oh, over. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, yeah. So thank you, everyone. Uh, I hope you all have a merry Christmas. Um, yeah. Actually, has this gone out before or after? Christmas? This is going out on Christmas Eve, Eve. Eve, Eve. Uh, so have a very merry Christmas uh, or whatever it is you celebrate over this holiday season, and. Thank you, and it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Farewell.